Welcome to Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. Joining me, Ethan and Sarah Forhance. They are husband and wife, a dynamic duo of sorts. They're both working for Convoy of Hope. Convoy answered the call to help in Ukraine and surrounding nations also where millions of refugees have fled to escape the war. Let's hear what Convoy is doing. Ethan, Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you, Maria. For those who are not familiar with Convoy of Hope, tell us what you do. Absolutely. Convoy of Hope is a faith-based international aid organization uh, that really helps people in a variety of ways. I think the biggest way that we're known in the United States is our disaster relief. We respond to uh, disasters uh, all the time in this country and around the world, uh, 64 of them just last year, so more than one a week. Uh, and that's one of the big things we do right now. We're responding to the war in Ukraine, and that has uh, been taking a lot of our resources and time over the last several weeks. We also empower women and and girls to be able to, to get jobs and to be able to uh, support themselves and their families. And we see what a change that makes in countries where, where women sometimes are, are looked upon as less than cattle. Uh, we also teach uh, people how to farm their land in different countries around the world. It's really amazing when we go in and show them what they can grow and then see the change that happens as a result. So that's, that's the sustainable piece of what we do. And then another thing we do is we feed children around the world. More than 465,000 kids every school day are fed through Convoy of Hope. And that's something else that's sustainable because the point of that is to get kids a full belly so they can concentrate on school. We, we partner with schools to do that. And we really get to see the, the great results that come from kids not worrying all throughout the school day where their next meal is going to come from. They know it's going to be taken care of and that can really get them out of generational poverty. And of course, convoy is a word that is related to typically to trucks. Tell me about that. Well, we have a number of big rig trucks. That's kind of what we're known for. We've got uh, the convoy logo on the side, an American flag on them in the United States. And it's really become a symbol of what Convoy of Hope does. Uh, I actually got to be part of a 19-vehicle convoy as we were headed down into uh, Hurricane Ida in Louisiana following the hurricane, or actually right uh, as the hurricane was hitting. We moved into an area outside the hurricane zone, and then we moved in immediately following the hurricane. And it was so cool to be part of that literal convoy of hope. We were driving into the eye of the storm, and everybody else was coming out of it. It felt like the cavalry coming in, and people were honking and waving uh, as they saw those impressive vehicles moving in, uh, just to offer the hope and the help that people need. Given Convoy's commitment to helping people in disaster, seems that helping in Ukraine is a natural fit. It is a natural fit. It's very interesting because typically when you're talking about a hurricane or an earthquake or a tornado, it hits and then it's gone. Um, and so there's some sort of safety or security almost that you feel coming in after the storm has passed. But this is very unique, as you know, because the danger is still there. But what we're finding is the resilience of people is uh, very similar to what it would be if it was a natural disaster because they keep getting back up and, and fighting for another day to live and just being able to come alongside them. Uh, I think in James chapter 4, it says Jesus was compelled to go through Samaria. You know, there's another way around, but Jesus had to go through there. And as soon as we uh, saw this unfolding, we were compelled to go to Ukraine. Um, and we've seen people come alongside us to help us carry out that mission. 
Has Convoy ever responded to something like war before? Not during the conflict. We've been outside areas. We've been at, like in Afghanistan when, when all of that happened with their country and it was taken over by the Taliban again just recently. Uh, we were helping the uh, refugees coming out of Afghanistan, but, but never on a scale like this and actually going into areas where the bombs are flying. Uh, we're working in Ukraine. We're working in seven countries outside Ukraine, and it's a different animal altogether. War changes everything. So even though we were talking with our, we've been in working in Ukraine since 2014 and in some of the European Union countries. So even as we were talking to our partners inside Ukraine and planning for this war that everybody saw coming, uh, once the bombs start flying and the missiles start flying, it changes everything. So you have to regroup a little bit, call some audibles and change the way you do things. But I think the infrastructure in place was really has really gone a long way to helping Convoy of Hope help the most people during this conflict. Did you already have warehouses in Ukraine, in Poland, in Romania? We had ongoing programming there, which meant that we did have an infrastructure. But typically what we do is work through the local church. So where there is the infrastructure, if I can use that word, of the church building, we are now being able to repurpose that, if you will. So instead of, you know, offering a children's feeding program out of that church or a women's empowerment program out of that church, we're able to use their army of volunteers to instead hand out that life-giving supply, like food and water and mattresses and hygiene kits. But really the infrastructure comes in the building. It comes in the building and in the volunteers because we believe that the hope of the local church is really the hope of the world. And you can talk to those pastors and say, hey, what are your congregants needing? What are people who are coming to your front door needing? And then we have the ability to get that supply to them. But as God would have it, we divinely, you know, in years well before the war, already had those relationships. um, And so really that became our foundation. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. I'm here with Ethan and Sarah of Convoy of Hope. You mentioned food and water. What are some of the other supplies that you're providing the refugees uh, as they stream out of Ukraine into Poland and Romania? Uh, Yeah, food and water and baby food and feminine hygiene kits and then regular hygiene kits, bedding, blankets, pillows. Um, You know, most people who left... Uh, like Ethan mentioned, honestly, a lot of people saw the war coming, but I feel like until it was on top of you, you're not really prepared for that. I mean, how does one prepare to leave their house for an unplanned amount of time? So people were coming out with only a carry-on suitcase of items. Now they've been gone from their homes from, for more than a month. And so if you had to just take the essentials, I, I kind of liking it to try to pack a bag to go to the hospital when you don't really know how long you're going to be there. Um, So they have gone through the basic supplies very, very quickly. So just getting them the basics is what we are there to do. I mean, now we've done some generators. We've done emergency lighting. We've done, you know, cell phone chargers. But for the most part, it's that food, water, hygiene kits, uh, baby food, just the basics of life. What kind of food have you been able to provide for the Ukrainians? Tuna, beans, canned meat, um, because they need protein. They need something of sustenance. 
rice, um, which is, is filling for them. Um, also, we can do fortified rice, which has um, – it's like – dense and nutrients. A lot of what we're doing is buying in country. So we're buying food in Poland and Germany and then shipping it over because that's a, a quicker way to do it. It's more effective. And we're also buying food that is native to what they're used to. We're not sending them uh, cornflakes from the United States necessarily because they may not be used to eating cornflakes. And we want them to feel as comfortable as they possibly can. I mean, yes, it's a war situation, and it's, they're not going to be comfortable, but we want to do everything we can to make them feel as comfortable as possible in that moment. So we try to give them food that they're used to, that they recognize, that they don't have to wonder what that is or say, oh, that's weird American food. It's the food that they're used to. And that's, that's something that's really important to Convoy of Hope, no matter what country we're in, no matter where we're feeding children, is we want to give them the food that they're used to and that obviously is, is very nutritious. It's kind of cool because since we've been here, we've learned that they actually hire nutritionists to figure out exactly what the diet needs um, that will be sustained energy and sustained nutrition. Convoy has a nutritionist on staff? We do, yes. So, um, like, for instance, we work a lot in Africa. Um, and I got to interview a woman fairly recently who is a nutritionist for Convoy. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. But she actually helps come up with the meals that we have prepared for those people in Africa who are receiving them. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. I'm here with Ethan and Sarah of Convoy of Hope. Convoy is bringing relief to Ukraine's millions of war refugees. Convoy is also our ministry partner for disaster relief in the United States. One of your staff members I read said that when you have a full stomach, you can plan for the future. That really changes everything. We've seen that time and time again in our children's feeding program uh, where kids, whenever their minds are wondering what they're going to eat, how they're going to get food for the day, they can't concentrate on their schoolwork. The same is true for people um, in in the wake of a war or during a war. If they're wondering how they're going to eat, how they're going to feed their kids, because a lot of these refugees coming out of Ukraine are women and little kids, babies and toddlers uh, who are walking around around in a daze following mommy. So if they're wondering where their next meal is coming from, they can't plan the, the major things of, uh, like where are we going long term? Where are we going to stay? How are we going to get back in touch with the male members of our family who we left behind to fight? So a, a full stomach, uh, and, and we don't, I don't think understand that as much in the United States because we're used, most of us are used to full stomachs, uh, but a full stomach can make the difference uh, When it comes to hope, people need hope uh, ultimately, and that's what a full belly gives them. Uh, It allows them to plan for the future uh, and not just think about the immediate right now, what can I do to survive? You touched a little on how this food and water and the basic supplies of life are actually getting to the Ukrainians in need. Let's get into nuts and bolts a little. You guys are based in the United States. You sent teams to Poland, to Romania to connect. Right. Yeah. Number one, we, we have the relationships already. So we partner with several churches and organizations in Ukraine, in Poland, in different uh, countries in the European Union. Uh, so we had that infrastructure. So we don't have to form new relationships when the war starts. Uh, and then when the war does start, fortunately, we already had product on the water being shipped over uh, to replenish some of the supplies that we went through very quickly when the war first started. So we sent the team over, Convoy of Hope sent the team over to secure a warehouse 
in Poland near the border. They were able to very quickly do that. A great story that came out of that is the day that they were cleaning up the warehouse and uh, getting it ready to bring our product in. There was a group of women who came over and started helping them clean. And it turned out they were a group of Ukrainian refugees who wanted to help Convoy of Hope help their countrymen and women as they were fleeing the violence in their country. So that that was just a, a great day that really buoyed uh, the spirits, I think, of them and our team in, in getting to see them because they just wanted to help. Have any of your staff or volunteers been in danger? No, we have had some staff members who uh, were in Ukraine uh, when the air raid sirens went off. Uh, they went down to the basement with everybody else and they got off the streets uh, and that passed. Uh, but our, our people uh, have never felt like they were in danger while they were in Ukraine, even though those air, it sounds strange to say the air raid sirens are going off, but they didn't feel like they were in danger. Uh, but that's what they, they say. Uh, and then we have we're sending in uh, Ukrainian and Polish drivers into Ukraine in unmarked trucks, and our warehouse in Ukraine is unmarked as well, so that we can uh, do the best to protect our sites our, and, and protect the supplies that we're bringing in. And since then, what we've been doing is sending over supply from our World Distribution Center that's located in Springfield, Missouri. We've had some, uh, some great air partners that have sent over the supply that way. Uh, we've also been buying in-country, so we've been buying in Poland and Germany and then shipping product. And then we also have several containers on ships right now on their way over. So we're attacking this in every way that we can uh, and uh, trying to get the product to the people just as quickly quickly as possible, and we're using every method possible to do that. I understand you also have former prisoners working. Um, they're calling themselves Fight for Freedom. Is that a convoy team? Uh, that was a program that was in a church that we were helping. We were already partnering with that church previously. Um, so, yeah, I was listening, actually, uh, to one of the interviews with one of those guys, and it was like, so you're using prisoners to set people free. And, um, you know, just being a believer, you know, we see Paul so often in prison, but yet he's free because there's a freedom that comes only from Christ. And so it's been amazing as they are reacclimating back into society, they are now paying it forward. And in that case, you know, we're talking about safety. Uh, one of them did report, you know, they know that there was guns being fired toward the sprinter van that they were in. But they were fearless in the sense that they've already been in prison. They've already spent hard time, and now they're on a mission. And, and just like Paul's, you know, missionary journeys, he says, you know, like to, to live as Christ, to die as gain. And honestly, to hear some of their interviews has been really, in a good way, challenging even for me to say, you know, we want safety. We pray for safety. We believe that the Lord has sent us, and we want to use wisdom in that. But Jesus died doing the will of God. So safety is not the guarantee. That's not the end goal, even though we try to use wisdom, obviously. But we also understand that this is a dangerous mission, but it's a worthwhile mission. Have you seen any evidence of how God is paving the way for what Convoy is doing? Can't get out of my mind, Acts 27, where Paul's like in a shipwreck and and the the centurion is like, hey, you know what? Go ahead and go visit your friends and let them feed you real quick before you come back into captivity. I mean, like the fa like as you know, the favor of God opens doors that you could never open. And that's what we've seen right before our eyes in, con in at Convoy, you know, just 
um, being welcomed in with open arms by people who otherwise um, might not appreciate our help or our message. So, yeah, it's just I feel like it's literally straight out of Bible times. So much of what we're seeing in Ukraine right now. Do you receive daily phone calls? Do you? How do you get your updates? Uh, we have a, our team over there kind of is in constant contact with us. And then uh, we have a logistics team here that you can imagine the logistics of, of foreign, several foreign countries and war going on. I mean, it's unbelievable what our logistics people do, uh, the way that they're able to, to get stuff where it needs to be and set up those warehouses. Uh, but we hear from our team in the field uh, maybe once a week that kind of tell us what's happening, what's the latest. They update the stats for us. That's kind of how it works. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. Our ministry partner, Convoy of Hope, sent teams to Europe when the war in Ukraine was imminent. They're now working for Ukrainians in seven countries to get food and water and other supplies to thousands of people who've escaped the war. Are there any stories specifically that you've heard from your convoy staff or volunteers that especially touch your heart? I can uh, say that there was a woman who was caring for her grandchild. Um, You know, that's honestly fairly common in America these days. You know, my my mom cared for her grandchild, and I know the challenges that that brought um, and the stress that that brings because you feel, you know, somewhat equipped to do that, um, but it's not really the natural way. Um, And so just to know the heartache of this grandma that we interviewed and with her, she had her one year old grandson. And I just felt like I could put myself in her shoes. Um, I could, I can only imagine honestly coming across the border with your grandchild because she herself is getting up there in age. And then to have a one year old who doesn't really understand what's going on, you can't really explain the situation and to not have that consistency of routine, um, you know, you you take even one of my own children out of their routine, and it's and it's a challenge. And I feel like just being able to offer her um, a baby care kit and some baby food. You know, we had that that specific day. We happened to have 33 pallets of baby food that arrived. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to feel like you're part of the solution because so many of those stories they become personal because um, it's not about the number. There is a number of people that we've helped, but yet it becomes about the individual when you're sitting across from them. And um, that's how it was for this woman named Talia and her little grandbaby. Ethan, what about you? Any stories you've heard that really drive home the importance of what Convoy is doing for Ukraine? Yeah, Maria, our our team was able to go into Ukraine on a Sunday recently and got to attend a church service. And it was just incredibly powerful as the people there were calling on God in a way that maybe they hadn't done before. Uh, They were defiant against the enemy. And one of the really powerful moments happened when they started, the choir started singing a song. And it was a song our team recognized. Uh, And it was a song, uh, Praise the Lord, uh, made famous by Russ Taff and the Imperials years ago. Uh, and just to hear that in Ukrainian and to think about the actual lyrics, when you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fear, don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He will work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord. Uh, it was a really, really powerful moment. We posted that on our website and on our social media, and uh, people uh, that have seen that just in the United States have really uh, 
felt felt the power of that and hearing uh, that song sung in Ukrainian uh, by a, a choir in a church where uh, the night before the air raid sirens were going off. It, it was just a really, really powerful moment. Wow. Give a shout out to the website. Um, you've set up something specific on Convoy of Hope's site for aid to Ukraine. Absolutely. Our, our website, Convoy of Hope dot org slash ukraine is a great place to go uh, from there obviously you can make a donation if you like uh, but you can also be updated almost daily on what we're doing there to this point we've helped more than 160,000 ukrainians inside and outside uh, the country uh, we've supplied them with 250,000 diapers i mean the numbers are staggering and they continue to get bigger every day 80,000 jars of baby food because uh, a lot of the the, the people leaving the country are our babies and mothers. Uh, so that's a great place. If you go to convoyofhope.org slash Ukraine, you can get an update on what we're doing. You can follow along. You can also follow along on our social media platforms. That's a great way to advocate. Uh, that doesn't cost you anything. Maybe share it, share the stories you're seeing there with friends, and, and maybe you'll bring some more people uh, into the convoy fold uh, that, that don't know what we do on a regular basis. But I think all Americans want to do something to help the people of Ukraine, and uh, we just appreciate anybody who, who partners with Convoy of Hope. I would say this also, Maria. I spoke with a fifth-grade class um, in a small town outside of Springfield, Missouri, and one of the questions they asked me, they said, what's the biggest donation that you've gotten in regards to Ukraine? And it really dawned on me that this war has brought out the small donations. And we've seen what those small donations can add up to in order to go even further. Because um, even the fifth graders, you know, none of them have their own jobs yet, but they understand that to whom much is given, much is required. And they raised, a small class of students raised almost $1,000 in two weeks' time. And I just thought, what a beautiful picture for any, you know, even young American child to be able to say, I gave to that. I helped um, financially bring food and bring water and bring life-sustaining supplies because um, it was a public school, but I was still able to quote that verse, and they, and they got it. And that's a beautiful thing to sh- be able to say to our children, hey, you don't have to send them $5,000. You can send them $5 because God will multiply what you have in your hands. It's no different than the feeding of the, the fish. You know, you got five loaves and two fish, and God multiplied the miracle through people's obedience and willingness, and they just brought what they already had in their hands, and it added up to big help for people who have a big need. $1,000 will buy a lot of cans of tuna, dehydrated potatoes, and baby food. That's right. It's amazing to see the multiplication miracle. What do you see as Convoy's role going forward as the war stretches out and uh, the aggression has not ended? I feel like there's going to be so much um, room you know, for long-term work in Ukraine because of people like yourselves who are willing to get the word out and, and money that has come in and we're able to, um, you know, buy supply over there, which is reinvesting in their economies. But I would say that our partnership through the local church is something that pays dividends for not only years to come, but for generations to come. Um, I was saved in the local church. I, as an adult, I've got planted in the local church and it has changed my life the accountability, the vulnerability. That's what Convoy does 
when long after we're gone, those pastors that we gave that product to, to give to the people in need, those pastors are still there because they live there. That's their home. That's their community. That's their street, um, you know, that, that got bombed. And so long after we're gone, they still maintain those relationships with those people. Um, And that's the most beautiful thing is to see people who've come to local churches, maybe just for the handout of groceries, but then out of that is birthed a relationship that only grows. And as you know, the real hope of the world is Jesus. And so to make him famous through the local church um, by way of You know, there's a proverb that says the gift opens the door to the giver. So we're giving them a gift, but it opens the door to the giver, which is the pastors of those local churches, to um, keep that relationship going for years and years to come. Our thanks to husband-wife team Ethan and Sarah of Convoy of Hope, Christ-based domestic and international disaster relief. If you want to follow Convoy of Hope efforts for the people of Ukraine, you can bookmark their website at convoyofhope.org. And you can check back regularly. Staff and volunteers are sharing photos and updates. Again, that's convoyofhope.org. And that's our show. Big thanks to our Closer Look guests and big thanks to our Closer Look producer, Dave Decker. I'm executive producer and Closer Look host, Maria Morgan. We'll do it again next week. Come back for another Closer Look. Closer Look.